This morning's scripture reading will be read from Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. But before I read the scripture, I'd like to say Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there in the audience. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. For who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is more is far above than rubies. Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We are thankful for your presence. If you're visiting, as always, we do encourage you to come back and be with us. We are thankful for today being known as Mother's Day. And to those of you who are mothers, as Isaiah said a moment ago, Happy Mother's Day. We are very grateful for you and for the great example that you have set for your love, dedication, and kindness through the years. And we are very, very thankful for you. And so, with that in mind, I want to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 31. We're going to be talking today about the worthy woman. And this is really in connection with today being known as Mother's Day. We want to talk for just a moment or two about what the writer said in chapter 31 concerning the worthy woman. There are probably a lot of things that could, could be said about a godly mother. All of us are grateful for the contributions in days gone by of godly mothers. And we read of some very godly women in both the Old and New Testaments. Proverbs chapter 31 provides for us a glimpse into the life of a woman of great esteem. I want us to think for just a moment or two about what is recorded in chapter 31. There are some attributes here that I want to share with you that I believe provide for us a very beautiful picture of the kind of woman with whom God is pleased. The first thing that I call your attention to is her loyalty. I would submit unto you today that if you want to talk about having a true ally in life, you will never have a closer, stronger ally in life than your mother. Now there's a lot to be said for a godly father and the relationship that we sustain to our earthly father here upon this earth. But when you think about a godly mother the very one that brought you into this world. There's just something there that's hard to match. And so, as we think about her loyalty, the first thing that I call your attention to in this regard has to do with the price of the godly woman. Isaiah read Proverbs 31, verse 10. The question is asked, who can find a virtuous woman? And here's his response. Her price is far above rubies. You want to talk about placing a premium on a godly woman. The writer here does that because he exalts this woman. And one of the reasons is because of her loyalty, the fact that she is indeed an ally. There are two things that I think are borne out in this text concerning her great price. First of all, she is a woman who is trustworthy. 
Note, if you would, what is said in verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts in her, so he will have no lack of gain. Now, Solomon talks about the blessings of friendship in chapter 18, verse 24. And those of us that have been blessed with good friends in days gone by, we are thankful for those earthly treasures. But I think about the relationship that a husband and wife sustain to one another and the great trust that exists between those two people in the bonds of marriage. But also there is a sense of trust that exists between a mother and her children. Not only is this woman trustworthy, but she is also thoughtful. In verse 12, the writer said, She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. A good woman will, I think, treat her husband kindly and will seek to do him good, and by the same token, he likewise will seek to do her good all the days of her life. But also, when we think about a godly mother, is it not the case that a woman who is trying to be pleasing to the Lord, seeks to do good for her children. She wants the very best for them. She's very thoughtful, attentive to their needs, their wants, their desires, their hurts in this life. So we contemplate the price of the godly woman but also I would suggest that in this text we read of the protective nature of the godly woman. In verse 27, here's what the writer said. She watches over the ways of her household. Now, this verse brings to mind the fact that a godly woman is very tough. Now, many of us, we think about our father being tough and our father being a protector. But there is a sense in which the mother in the home is very protective of her children. And you want to talk about somebody who's just tough, tough as nails. Well, you just let somebody try to do something to her children. Now, sometimes those of us, when we reflect back upon our childhood, those of you who are still children in the home, you may look at your mother and think sometimes that she's just too tough, that she's too demanding. It may be the case that you question her wisdom when, when she talks to you about the kind of people that you choose to associate with. It might be the case that you wonder aloud why it is that she's so demanding about certain things that she requires of you on a regular basis. But here's the point. She's tough because she wants the very best for you. She is protected because that's her nature. You see, you are her brood. And she's going to fight for you, come what may. And she's going to do everything within her power to literally build a fence around you. To fortify your life until it's time for you to spread your wings and fly on your own.
And so I think about the loyalty of a godly mother. It is true she watches over the ways of her household. But then there is a second thing that we read of in Proverbs 31 concerning the worthy woman, and that is her labor. When we talk about her labor, we're speaking primarily about her activities. And the godly woman that is represented in Proverbs 31 is a person of industry. She is constantly busy. Her activities are centered upon her household. Her labors are, are basically for the good of her family. Everything that she does, she does so with a purpose to better the lives of her husband and her children. What about the provisions of a godly woman? Number one, note her toils, if you would. In verse 13, the Bible says she seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. Drop down to verse 17. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. I think about a mother and the fact that on many occasions mothers are up late even into the wee hours of the night working on behalf of her family. And then many times they rise early in the morning because they've got to get their affairs in order because they've got children to get out the door. It may be the case that they have a job themselves outside the home, and so they're trying to ready themselves for that. They're up late. They're up early. Sometimes we wonder how they even find time to sleep. You, you read about the great toils of the godly woman. Picking up in verse 19, she stretches out her hands to the distaff. Her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor. Yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. Let me just pause here and point out, not only is she toilsome, but she's also very talented. Some of the most talented people you will ever face on planet Earth are women. Now, I'm amazed at the talents of some men. There are some individuals in this world that have great abilities, abilities that far exceed anything that I will ever possess in my life. But you want to talk about the multitasking of women. I was thinking this morning about some of the great talents and abilities that women have in the home. Just think for a moment about a mother in the home. And all of the things that she does on a daily basis, and many of these things are taken for granted by those of us who are children. She cooks. Many times they're cooking three times a day. It may be the case that they just cook breakfast, maybe dinner, whatever. 
But nonetheless, they're constantly in the kitchen and they're cooking. And then we think about many women sew. I remember some years ago, I had bought a new shirt and Nancy was out of town. And I was going to wear the shirt the next day and I was, I guess, getting it ready for the next day and happened to look and the top button had popped off. And so I called her on the telephone and said, okay, I need to know, what do I do to sew a button on a shirt? Now I'm telling you, I broke out in a sweat just, just trying to thread the needle. By the time I got that, that button on the shirt, I said, I will never do this again. I will throw the shirt out and buy a new one before I'll ever try to sew another button on. I can't sew, and I have no desire to sew. But there are a lot of godly mothers that know how to sew. And there are some women that have spent a lot of hours sewing. And then I think about the fact that there are many godly mothers that serve as psychologists. Maybe they haven't been to a university and gotten a Ph.D. degree, but you know what? They can sit down and talk one-on-one -on -one with, a, with a son or a daughter, and they can relate. And they can bear the burdens of that child's heart. They can listen to them. They can counsel them. They can comfort them. They can weep with them. And ultimately, when it's all said and done, that child can leave the room and all is well. Because you see, they're psychologists to some degree. And then also I think about the fact that many mothers function as doctors and nurses. How many times have mothers put band-aids on knees and elbows and arms and foreheads? How many times have mothers wiped away tears because their child has gotten hurt outside playing? Not only are they doctors and nurses, but they're also veterinarians. You see, there are a lot of mothers that one of their responsibilities is to take care of the fam family's animal or animals. At our house, I have said in times past that we have a zoo. At one time, we had two dogs and a cat. Some mothers take care of goldfish, dogs, cats, turtles, and everything else. But you see, it takes a talented woman to do that. Note, if you would, what Solomon said in the long ago. He said, she's not afraid of the snow for a household. All her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself. Her clothing is fine linen with purple. And then if you drop back and note verse 16, she considers a field and buys it from her profits. She plants a vineyard. Here you have a woman who's very talented, who is industrious, who's always looking how to better herself and to better her family. There's a third thing that we see in Proverbs 31. This has to do with her lips. We think about the fact that she is a woman of loyalty, a woman of labor, but also we think about her godly lips. Look, if you would, at verse 26. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. 
I think about how a godly woman just knows how to articulate in the right way. When you talk about the prudence of a godly person, and in particular, a godly woman, we're talking about the kind of person who thinks before they speak. Now, many of us, the problem that we have is we speak before we think. In James chapter 3, James talks about how the tongue is a fire. And he talks about how it's very difficult for us to control the human tongue. It is a small member, as he said, that boasts great things. But in Proverbs chapter 31, the godly woman, he said, she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. A godly woman. She uses her tongue not only to glorify God, but for the good and betterment of man. And in particular, her family. And then finally, note with me if you would, her legacy. This has to do with her acclaim. We're talking now about the praise of a godly woman. Note what is said, picking up in verse 27. She watches over the ways of her household. She does not eat the bread of idleness. We said that she is one who expends a great deal of toil and labor in the home. But it is said her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. And let her own works praise her in the gates. What comes to your mind when you read these verses? You know what comes to my mind? It's the fact that here is a woman who is, tr who is truly worthy of our thanksgiving. Solomon said in Proverbs 22.1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Godly women have left their mark on planet earth since day one. And they will continue to leave their mark on this earth provided they follow the principles that are set forth in the pages of the Bible. There are a lot of children that look back upon their life and they reflect upon their upbringing, their mother, their father. And many children will tell you that they owe everything to their parents. And many will say they owe everything to their mother. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that said on one occasion, everything that I am, I owe to my godly mother. There are a lot of people that have made some great contributions in our world. And they have left behind some sterling legacies, and those legacies are important, no doubt. But there are a lot of people that have labored in obscurity. There are a lot of people that have been out in this world. They have labored, they have served, they have toiled, and you and I, we know nothing about them. There have never been any headlines about them on the nightly news. A book has never been penned about them. They've never written their autobiography. There's never, been a there's never been a song set to music 
about them. But they've been out day in, day out, laboring day by day for the good of their family, and they're known as a godly mother. And we're grateful for them. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, speaking of Abel, that he being dead yet speaks. There are some of you here today, your mother has long since departed into eternity. But you know what? You haven't forgotten her. And you reflect back upon her life and you thank God for the great memories that you have. And like Abel of old, though she's dead, she still speaks. We're grateful for the legacy of good and godly women. And to those of you that are mothers here today, we thank God for you and we give thanks to God for the fact that this world has been made better by your influence. Would you bow with me in prayer? <clears throat> Our Father in heaven, we're so grateful for this day. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to reflect upon the worthy woman. And Holy Father, we are thankful for godly mothers. We're thankful for what they mean to us and for the great contributions that they have made to the betterment of our society. We're thankful for their love, their counsel, their kindness, their generosity. We're so grateful that we have been blessed by them and we ask your richest blessings upon them. Holy Father, we ask that you would bless each of us Help us to give them the honor that they are due. And help us, Holy Father, to live in such a way so that one day we might all be together in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. In closing, let me just say this. The writer said, the woman who fears the Lord, she is the one that shall be praised. There's a lot to be said for being a good mother. There's a lot to be said for being a good woman, but there's a lot to be said for being a godly woman and a godly mother. It may be the case that you're here today, you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, whether a male or female, our plea to you would be to come to Christ because what we want you to know is Christ died for your sins. There's a lot to be said for being a godly mother and having the opportunity to rear your children in the Lord, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 6, verse 4. If you're not a Christian mother or father, could we encourage you to come to Christ tonight, or this morning, rather? What would you need to do? The Bible says we need to believe that Jesus is the Son of God, John 8, 24. Jesus said, except you believe that I'm He, you'll die in your sins. Then we must be willing to repent of every sin, as Peter said on Pentecost Day in Acts 2, verse 38. We must confess with our mouth what we believe in our heart, Matthew 10, 32, that Jesus is the Son of God. And then the Bible says we are to be baptized into Christ to wash away our sins, Acts 22, 16. When you do that, the promise is you will enjoy salvation, Mark 16, 16. The Lord will then add you to the church, Acts 2, 47. You will be numbered among the redeemed, the saved, Ephesians 5, verse 23. And if you're faithful till death, the promise is the crown of life, Revelation 2 at verse 10. If you're unfaithful, I plead to you, let us pray with you and for you. The promise is God will abundantly pardon, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. 
Would you come as we stand and sing?